0: damn good. Thanks, Bob. That's good. (laughs) It's a a pity that this isn't a visual medium. (laughs) The point holds, though. I I don't disagree. Greetings and salutations. My name is Ryan McNeil in Toronto, Canada. You are listening to a matinee cast production of Wicked Little Town. It's an audio postcard dedicated to the goings on at TIFF, the 44th annual Toronto International Film Festival that runs from September 9th to the 19th. In my hometown of Toronto, Canada. Depending on when you're listening to this, it may still be going or it may be over. Um, and it has been an interesting year for the film festival uh, after a year where it was, I'd say, 90% virtual with a little bit of in person that they really had to muscle their way into. This year was more of a hybrid experience. There were in-person screenings. There was a lot of digital screenings. Um, some talent made it to town. A lot of talent could not or did not come to town. Um, it was a very, very unique experience, um, unlike anything that we're hopefully uh, due to repeat anytime soon. And. If you're used to this show, you know that you ordinarily I uh, I grab my friends and I grab uh, acquaintances as I run into them uh, as the week goes along and we just kind of shoot the breeze on what we've just seen or what we might be seeing Um, this year. Things went really different uh, and, and we're coming to you at the end. So our postcard this year um, is not so much a, you know, a a letter while we're away so much as a letter on our way home. Um, But enough of my babbling. I have two guests with me today uh, to, to join me for, uh, for, Either a cup of tea or a cup of booze, depending on which of our guests you're talking to. Uh, first, um, long-time friend of the show, family of the show at this point, uh, Bob Turnbull is here. How are you, Bob? I am doing well, sir. I am doing well. It's good to uh, hear, and, hear your voice and see your face. Likewise.
1: I know it's not a visual medium, but uh, I'm able to see your face right well, now. Well, that's
0: so. okay, because right now I have show notes up on my screen, and I can only cover like half of it. So right now I can see our other guests just fine, but I can't see you at all. That that's a good plan on your part right yeah well um our other guests again friend of the show family of the show um has been covering this uh festival at a feverish pace making the rest of us look like absolute slackers getting love from directors while she still holds down a very you know intense full-time job um hillary butler is here how are you hillary butler
2: uh i'm a little tired <laughs> you think I'm happy to watch something else other than films maybe just for a couple days um But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a tiring go. Thankfully, this is my vacation from my day job. So
0: I miss those days. That that was the one thing was starting something new. I knew I couldn't take vacation in September this year. So hopefully next year I can get back to it and do a full slate. Um, Let's just kind of check in and, and do some quick numbers right off the top. Bob, your final tally of films at TIFF 2021 was?
1: Uh, after my last screening tonight, it'll be 21, which is definitely a step down mm. for me. I didn't take time off like you can take time off this year and did everything digitally from home. So packed around the weekends and nights.
0: 21. And Hillary Butler? Uh,
2: 31. Uh, which was a mix of... Some very few in-person, probably like a quarter in-person. There were some films that just didn't have digital screenings. So you didn't have a choice if you wanted to see those.
0: And by the time I'm done tonight, uh, by the time this episode goes up, I will have seen 15, which is not my lowest. It's not my highest. It's actually, now that I think about it, it's actually not that far off from my usual tally. Like I'm more in the 20 to 25 range usually. So 15 considering commitments and uh, work is actually not that bad an experience. The good thing about doing this at the end is as opposed to as it was going along is we can kind of like look back and see the whole picture. Um, and I wanted to start with a film that really, really stood out to you this week. You you know, you you can call it for whatever reason you want to call it. If you want to call it your favorite, if you want to call it that one that really stuck in your brain, uh, whatever it happens to be. Um, Hillary, why don't you get us started? What is a film that, really stood out for you at TIFF this year?
2: Yeah, well, I have a feeling it'll be one that stands out for you, which was The Power of the Dog, mm. which I was very thankful I saw on a big screen. And I, I feel like it's a movie that, because I think Netflix is doing a limited release in theaters in November before it comes to streaming in December that everyone should see on the big screen. It's a slow burn of a movie. So I feel like I might've been a little bit distracted with it but I watched it at home. Um, but on the big screen... I mean it's it's just a mesmerizing film it's beautiful um the score is great um you know benedict cumberbatch as a grisly dirty vile violent cowboy kind of was against casting for me i was more interested to see like how's he pulling this off yeah um and within the first few minutes like any doubts were erased it's I think his best work.
0: I actually envy you that having seen it on a big screen. I, I that was one I, I, there was only one screening that I attended in person. Most of my TIFF was digital uh, on the couch uh, for the second year in a row. That movie is big. That movie is mm-hmm. just really, really grand. Lots of mountain skates, lots of like, yep. uh, you know, like dusty, like cow, cow driving scenes. New um, Zealand yeah,
2: got this massive, I mean, it's standing in for Montana, yeah. but it, it is New Zealand. It's, it's, and it's, yeah, it's stunning yeah, it's in the, every way you can imagine. a new
0: film by Jane Campion. Um, I, I hope that we hear a lot more about it as time goes on. Netflix is, has <laughs> picked it up, so people will be able to watch it fairly quick. Uh, Bob, did you see uh, The Power of the Dog?
1: No, not not as yet. I'm looking forward to it, just, you know, given uh, everything I've heard about it. Yeah. Um, because I did everything at home with the digital package I got, I... Did not have liberty to see any of the premium screenings through the package and Uh, just picked up one on the side.
0: I was going to say, what then would be a a, a film that stood out for you uh, over the course of the week?
1: Uh, I got to say, because it's the most recent one I saw just before recording this is Medusa uh, by uh, a a female uh, Brazilian director who, unfortunately, I can't remember her name uh, since I just saw the movie. I apologize. Well, we should do that in the show notes. It is uh, it's fabulous. It's just a little over two hours long and kept me fully wrapped attention the whole time. The style is beautiful. Uh, you know, a lot of people have been talking about how Malignant is kind of like an old Giallo kind of film. Um, fine. This has the colorings of like Suspiria, the, the classic Italian horror film. Oh, wow. With a great soundtrack, with a great premise of um, really kind of nailing hypocrites. Uh, um, folks that are really consumed by religious dogma.
0: Tell people uh, what it's about having... because I kind of feel like this is one of the ones like, sure. like the power of the dog is a film that was kind of a little bit sexier and bubbled up, but I feel like Medusa is one of those ones. It was, Oh, indec- you want some sexy <laughs>
1: This is sexy too. Uh, essentially there's this core group of eight young women who are part of a religious organization and a minister who, you know, preaches the the standard kind of preaching stuff and they go around essentially trying to control other women who they feel are a little bit more loose in their morals. And then as the movie progresses, um, several women start, I don't want to say seeing the light, but maybe kind of changing their views on this. So there's a really strong female empowerment message here too. And kind of the roar of the Gorgon and, and how they turn it more into rage as opposed to kind of fear. And it's, uh, I, I loved it. Um, I loved I think just every second of this
0: movie. I'm I'm a little bit annoyed. I did have that on my on my wish list and it was just a matter of time. Uh, the one thing with doing this digitally is that you're sometimes um, yeah. you're, you're sometimes limited to windows like films will kind of expire on you like you do have to be on the couch at a certain time and I just couldn't make Medusa work and I that was yeah I was really really looking forward to that one so I do hope that it gets some sort of play a lot of these movies are getting play that's the one good thing about a lot of digital platforms is a lot more of these films show up than they did in the past. Um, Anita Roca de Silvera is the name that you were looking for as the director. Of, Thank you, uh, sir. Medusa. I appreciate that. It's not really a fair fight because I was really looking forward to this film going in. Um, it is Petit Mama by Celine Schiamma, uh, who directed Portrait of a Lady on Fire and Tomboy yeah. over the years. Um, you know, I, I think about that line in almost famous where he talks about how the letter by the box tops is two minutes and means nothing, but it accomplishes in less than two minutes. What Jethro Tull takes hours to not accomplish.
1: Don't, don't dis Tull. I agree with your point. But
0: don't <laughs> Tull. That is petite mama. Petite mama is a, I want to say this movie generously is 78 minutes with mm-hmm. credits. Um, It is short and sweet, does what it needs to do and gets out. And it's so warm and so loving and so vulnerable. Um, It is in so many ways um, a beautiful next step after Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is so grand and and a masterpiece. It's like, what do you do to follow that up? You know, like, like if you are the Beatles, how do you follow the White Album? and this is what you do you do something smaller but it's just this glorious um this little fable really uh, of of a little girl um and her mother um dealing with grief the mother has lost her mother so it's that kind of weird moment being an adult where you kind of regress and being a child where you kind of quickly mature and how that all falls together and it's just it's just fantastic um i can't remember hillary did you see this one as well
2: yep i did and uh <clears throat> i reviewed this one um
0: there will be and, a link in the show notes and i did read uh, it
2: yeah uh which i really really loved and it is it's much smaller it's much cleaner it's a whole different palette um than portrait of a lady on fire was but it's no less effective at what it does um and i mean the sisters uh, in this movie are wonderful
1: I I loved it too. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's very slow and m- almost methodical at the start, which, which sort of like, caught me off guard a bit because usually I sink into her movies very very quickly. Yeah. But at some point, it, it just it just starts to wash over you, and it's uh, it's interesting because there's no music in this movie except I think for that one scene. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which is a wonderful scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can I guess to a certain extent, you know, for some people may feel very dry, but the performances of the, those two girls are. Just, just wonderful. I mean Scamma for me is a little bit like Coreta and how we how he and she both get these great performances at a very, very young actor. Yeah, no kidding. And uh oh uh, yeah, it was just
0: wonderful. Just yeah, she's the same director of you know, besides um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, she's also done films like Tomboy and um, uh, Girlhood and Water oh, Lilies, if people haven't seen that movie from a few years ago. Um, it's funny because this is now my Sixth festival of doing exclusively uh, female directors. I'm just sticking with this because it is really breeds a lot of life into this festival. Um, And Skiyama is a director who, anytime she brings the movie, I'm gonna like circle that and go. I will make everything else work, you know, or scheduling wise, whatever I have to do. She's gonna be. She is. She's one
1: of my favorite directors now. I mean, Portrait, like he said, is just. Yeah. Oh, one of my favorite films in the last decade. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant.
0: So we're going to each kind of name drop two more movies as kind of runners up or or like jury prizes as, as films that also hit us for any rhyme or reason that you want to bring up. Um, Hillary, why don't you get us started?
2: Oh, this is going to be tough because I feel like I already feel guilty for loving this movie as much as I did. Um, but I really loved Belfast. I loved it. I feel like it's this year's La La Land. Like I feel like... I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's one of those things where I'm like, the audience is really going to love it. It's a crowd pleaser. But why um, do you feel guilty? Because it's one of those ones people are like, oh, it's not as good as everyone said it was. It's oh. like it's really <laughs> that La La Land. Like, it's great, and then slow like right,
0: decline. Right, right, okay. Um, that that yeah. I mean, I think that's a festival experience, really.
2: Yes, exactly. But for me, it was really. It just really spoke to me. It was a little heavy. So Van Morrison, who is a little controversial right now, does all of the uh, like soundtrack, all the music. And it was a little heavy on the Van Morrison for my liking. Um, and Brenna also uses some kind of repetitive camera angles mm. <laughs> to kind of really emphasize that it's happening from the small boy's point of view. Gotcha. Um, but the movie's beautiful and it, its message is beautiful. And it was one of maybe three movies at the festival that actually made me tear up. I, I think this one's going to make a, a big push. You'll see it that. And I think Power of the Dog, Battle It Out. Nice.
0: Nice. And uh, you got one more. What else you got?
2: You know what? I'm going to talk about Scarborough because I'm a Scarborough girl. Go for it. Um, are you really? So, <laughs> I am. Why are we friends? Girl? How did that
0: happen? You, you <laughs> um, kept that quiet for like six whole years, man.
2: Yep, Scarborough. It just out. Although, I know. Be, I live closer to where the actual No, no,
0: don't qualify is. it now. You just you just proclaimed yourself a Scarborough girl. You're going to own that now.
2: Yep, I lived in Scarborough for the first 19 so years of my life. So I was very much looking forward to this film. I had not read the book. Me neither. Um, which I will definitely grab now. Me too. Um, it is not an easy watch this movie, which is basically about this group of kids that have some pretty big mountains to climb, I guess, um, in their life and a lot of history and a lot of trauma. Um, but it's just also, you know, this wonderful celebration of community, um, and what community means and how it can lift you up. It was a really meaningful film. And I know like all my friends who are who are Scarborough natives as well are, are very much looking forward to seeing this come out.
0: It's funny. Cause on the one hand, like it, it kind of plays on this nice level if you're from Toronto and you know, the kind of geographic and social layout of Scarborough, it's, it's kind of got this extra layer, but it's, you don't have to, that's the thing I like about the story and the movie is it's mm-hmm. not like if you don't live in Toronto and you don't, you know, wander around Scarborough, you're not going to get it uh it, like the director introduced it by saying that every major city has a scarborough um, there yeah everywhere. there's scarboroughs everywhere oh and and that's absolutely true bob did you scarborough
1: i did not i wanted to uh again it was one of those where that just didn't fit into the schedule yeah very okay. much looking forward to it now because i've heard some excellent excellent reviews yeah. uh hillary i think you, yours was the first commentary i heard about it so i'm really looking forward to it now
2: it's, it's kind of documentary-esque which the directors are documentary filmmakers. Yeah. It's um, not flashy. So it does have that feel about it. Um, but it's, it's still very emotional. Again, it was, it was one of the other movies that made me cry. Absolutely. (laughs) Many times.
0: Bob, what do you got (laughs) for us? Two more movies. Two. Two. I'm going to stay on brand and
1: not give you the number of movies that you asked for. Uh, but I'll be, I'll be quick about it. No, well, I have to, I have to talk about the one, two punch of you are not my mother and a banquet Two. uh, a uh, woman directed horror movies, psychological horror movies, really that have lovely style and are slow burns and come to wonderful, wonderful conclusions and really kind of deal with a number of different topics underneath the covers, like mental illness and and parental views on their children and things of that nature. Both fantastic. One from a, an Irish director, one from a, I believe she's a Scottish director. Um, wonderful stuff. And then of course you got you've got that titan, which is which embraces its concept fully and completely. Uh, but many people have already talked about that. So I'll talk a little bit about um, Aloners. Uh, that was early in the festival for me. Really, really wonderful Korean film about a young woman who purposely distances herself from everybody around her, from her family, from her co-workers. She wants and, I guess, likes to be alone. And it's, it's just really the story of her, I guess, slowly not not coming out of her shell, but coming to realization that maybe her life can be more meaningful, more interesting with some other people in it. And I, I love the the pace that it, it, it took, the time it took to kind of allow her to realize all this. Um, wonderful character kind of studies, a little bit of humor in there too. Uh, j- just a wonderful package. I, I read somebody mentioned, you know, kind of compared to Correa. Mm. Not sure if that's true, but I, I, I'm fine with that kind of... Uh, kind of view of it um, and the other one would be um, I think a Chinese filmmaker named Wen Shipei. I think Are You Lonesome Tonight it's sort of a it's a modern neo-noir oh, wow. uh, more of a neo couleur, I guess you could say lots of color in this that the the palette is mostly red and green which is really nice to see as opposed to like a standard blue and orange or beige and you know gray kind of a thing right um, so just again the style was great but it. It comes from three different points of view and there's flashbacks and a number of things like that. And it trusts that you're going to follow along with the story. And I never once believed that it wouldn't pull me along and wrap up nicely. And it does a wholly wonderful job of of doing that. That's awesome. Um, so those are probably the two other ones. I think that, that, I that was four,
0: in. but okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's, it's six and all. It's been, a long, it's been a long week, so clearly we can't. We've lost <laughs> the ability to count. Um, well, one film that jumped out at me just because it was so uh, such a different vibe. Like most of my films all week were heavy-ish heavier that's kind of tiff's jam in case people have never come it's like it's a lot of drama um but there was one comedy in there that was just delightful and unexpected um and it's it's a german film called i'm your man i, I get <laughs> hillary is a is a is a fan
2: it's almost made my cut off <laughs> i love
0: it it's absolutely one. like what i love about this movie is i got 10 minutes into this movie and i turned to Lindsay and i'm like you know Hollywood is going to remake this very, very soon. Um, it's by <laughs> director Maria Schrader, who just last year did a Netflix, an amazing Netflix series called Unorthodox. Um, she directed a film that I caught up with this year that absolutely knocked me on my ass by how gorgeous it is. And it has one of my all-time favorite shots in it called Stefan Zweig, um, or Zweig, Farewell to Europe. Um, and she made a comedy about uh, a, a museum um, scholar. She she actually she's a scientist um, of some study that I cannot remember off the top of my head. So I will not bluff my way through it. And she has signed herself up to. Uh, get into a romantic relationship with a robot. And the robot is played by Dan Stevens. And Dan Stevens, who first of all, speaks a flawless German. Um, who German? Yeah, who knew? Um, but with,
2: with an English uh, accent, because y- she likes men that are exotic, but not too exotic.
0: Yes, he's fantastic in this movie. He, he understands the role perfectly. He does it perfectly. It is so charming. It's got so much heart. Like on the page, this should not work. You know, like the, the idea of woman in a relationship with a robot. I mean, I one, I feel like we've seen this movie, you know, person in love with artificial being. Um, And two, it just, it should not work at all. But it works so well. It's got so much heart. It's got so much to say about who we are as people and what we actually want in life. And it was just so unexpected and and so wonderful Um, in the middle of the week, right when I was flagging. Like you you both know, there's that point, like usually around Tuesday or Wednesday, that you usually just start to hit, hit the wall. And I just, yeah. I got it at that point and just mm, carried right on.
1: I think the you mentioned that, that the, uh, um, Ryan about the, the, the common plot is I think that's why I kind of skipped over. It was like, Oh yeah. A woman falls in love with a robot. No. But, uh, from what you both said, yeah, did top of my list now, that yeah, sounds great. Fantastic yeah, one.
0: Good. All right. I think the other one that jumped out at me, it was actually my first movie. And a lot of times that first screening has a way of sticking with you, uh, was a movie from Denmark called as in heaven as in heaven it's based on a book from back in the day um it's it's about a a a farm and uh you know a family of i want to say there's like five or six children it's an absurd number of children um and the mother is about to give birth to like the latest one and the it's all seen through the daughter's point of view and it's back in a time where science wasn't quite where it's at now so every time children enter the equation it could be life or death it could literally be life or death and um you know along with the fact that it's it's another one that's told um very very much from the woman's perspective this one especially is told from the child's perspective um in seeing things that kids are just not equipped to see um it's really powerful it's really beautiful uh, another movie that's not terribly long. I think this one was like 90 minutes or 95 minutes in out done and just really, really stunning.
1: There, there's some beautiful shots in this movie too, but what I really liked is that sort of real understanding of a sense of place. Like yeah. you really got a night. Well, I, from what I could tell, what an idea of living in the 19th century in a small village like that would be like, and the kind of horrific kind of things that they have to put up with. Yeah. Uh, and, and when I say horrific, I don't mean like it's a horror movie or scary or, or gory, but just, uh, oh my goodness, what a difficult, difficult life that is. Yeah, no kidding.
0: <clears throat> we put our lists together and our schedules together you know with whatever methodology or lack of methodology we may have and as you go along in the course of the week you kind of start to notice that you unintentionally curated something together and these kind of common pieces start coming together um hillary did anything jump out at you did you start to notice a common theme to the movies you were watching at tiff this year
2: i watched a lot of movies that dealt with misogyny and the oppression of women really and that also i mean comes to play that i watched a lot of films by women directors who are finding their voice especially first time women directors um like uh, uh the hills where the lionesses War, um marina um uh melanie laurent did mad women's ball mm. um not her first feature obviously but uh that has well dealt with it spencer um I mean, even the, the documentary Julia, you know, dealt with, you know, Julia Child being the only woman, um, you know, who is in this culinary school and only finding her voice and fame when she's, you know, over the age of 50, yeah. um, you know, which is not a time when women typically become famous on television. And again, yes, maybe it was some of the films that I chose, um, probably not subconsciously, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things about, you know, women finding their voice, even um, like Justine Bateman's Violet uh, did that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was uh, quite like an empowering thing to see all these stories and voices and stuff starting to be heard more and more common in the festival.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Bob, yours, any, any common threads to yours? Um, you know, it's, it's
1: very similar to Hillary's actually. I I think my director split right now is uh, 10 and 10, like I'm 50, 50. Uh, my last film, I think is by a male director. So that's going to, tip it the other way um but yeah the the theme is very much about a a a woman's point of view and and i feel weird saying that because yeah gee that's only like what 51 percent of of the world's population wow that's that's a theme right there right but i mean in film it's a little bit more rare uh and uh the hill where the lionesses roar was also excellent. Uh, one of the cast members and the director of that film was the third woman in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, mm-hmm. which was kind of really cool to find out while I was watching it. Um, and then things even like um, Maria Chatelain, um compartment number six, although it's a woman and meeting man kind of story, is a little bit more central to her experience, I think. Out of sync, the, the Spanish film, is really about a woman kind of figuring out how to really gain agency of her life and kind of almost control the the synchronicity of how things happen with her um combined with the other ones i mentioned the the, uh, the, the horror movies and you know titan really kind of plays with gender across the board uh and even something like montana story which was uh I, I enjoyed it I, you know a straightforward drama kind of small stakes i think really very much centers around Haley richardson's character although there's a lot of other angles to that too so and, and even a, a movie i didn't like dash cam has a, you know, the, the central female, I don't even want to call her a protagonist, but she's the worst person ever. <laughs> um, you know, it, things are sort of coming from her point of view, which you, even with a number of Final Girl type of movies, what was it, I thought, a bit of a different spin on it.
0: Um I think for me, uh I, I don't know if it's just where my head is at or or where, like, my, my selections took me or just, you know, complete synchronicity of everything, Um but mental health really seemed to be, quite present in a lot of the movies that I chose and watched Um, you know we've we've already mentioned mad woman's ball a few times Melanie (laughs) Laurent directed movie um, about a woman who's sent to a sanitarium just you know because she claims that she sees ghosts and this was 18th century France where you could do such things I mean you could do such things like 30 years ago. So I don't know why I'm talking about it like it's ancient history. Um, but, but you know, mental health certainly front and, front and center in that kind of movie. Uh, Violet that, uh, Hilary, you already mentioned, which was an unbelievable portrayal of anxiety and what it feels like and looks like, you know, even to somebody who you may not think um, is dealing with anxiety, like somebody who's got a cool job and looks like they've got it put together. And meanwhile, mm. there's a voice in their head that's telling them that they're an asshole and they're failing and, you know, they're never going to amount to anything. Um, it could have been a shtick, but it's not a shtick. It's, it's used very, very well with the way that Justine Bateman employs it and, um, Olivia Munn embodies it, um, You Are Not My Mother is another one. You Are Not My Mother, though, uh, I feel kind of skated a weird line when it came to mental health because it takes a sharp turn in its last act. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. Did we just undercut the whole mental health part of this story? Or are we trying to give it logic? Because those are two very, very different things. So, and I mean, even, even to 10. To 10 is, you know, a person dealing with severe trauma that has really shaped their life and, and like two different people dealing with two different traumas that have really shaped their lives um and and are, are trying to to make sense of it so mental health was certainly all over my selections through the course of the week the experience this year guys uh i don't know about you but for me it was weird um hillary why don't you get us started again because of the three of us you had the most um, you're the most experienced going in person. What what was this like uh, for, for our listeners this year? Uh,
2: well, I was chatting with Bob ahead of time. I mean, it was a lot of showing uh, your vaccine status, um, but not a lot of <laughs> people confirming who you were, <laughs> which was a little unnerving. It was weird because like the first time I went down for a screening, it uh, was actually for Dear Evan Hansen. It was very weird to be down there for the, gala opening night film with no fanfare yeah um you know there was no crowds waiting for you know ben platt or uh, julianne moore or anyone else like outside there was no visible red carpet area um all of that had been removed um which for me is half the joy of going to these things is just feeling the buzz um of the city um and that was largely still gone um Otherwise, I mean that it was nice to have extra room with the seats, and- <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That was great. Um, I won't, like say, won't say no to that. There was a lot of enthusiasm in those screenings. People were happy to be back. There was a lot of um, pirate noises yeah. going on at the beginning, which if you are a TikToker, you'll understand why that is kind of fun. Yeah. Otherwise, it was still just largely strange.
0: Bob,
1: I never thought I'd say that I miss the pirate noises, <laughs> I, I, I kind of do. Yeah. Bob,
0: how did you, uh, how'd you enjoy watching it all at home this year, again?
1: Again, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I enjoyed it fine, but I, we've already covered it. I mean, I, I totally miss the experience. I, I tend to go full bore. I take you know, the, the entire time off. You try and do 50 films. I think I've only reached 49 is my top. I love the running between the theaters, four to six films a day bumping into, you know, both of you in the streets or in the theater, you know, the social aspect of it. I missed the crap out of that. I miss being downtown for, you know, 11 days in a row. Um, But so be it that this is where we are. Um, The app on, you know, I use the Apple TV app. It worked flawlessly. Uh, Not a single issue for me. It was great. Um, You know, at the start time, boom, it just started working. Uh, a four-hour window, I think, is a little short. Like you said, Ryan, sometimes it's tough to squeeze that in. I know they want to kind of get that experience of you mapping out. I would have liked a little bit more room for that, but that's fine. I seem to work okay with, through that. Um, I, I hope they don't go, go down the path of kind of restricting those premium screenings to single tickets in the future. Once we get back to most people going for the you know face-to-face screenings or in the theaters, that it's... For me, anyway, I love the way it was. I love the fact that if I got a package, I could split my choices between premiums and, and all the rest.
0: I'm very much like you. It's it's strange because the last several years, doing approaching TIFF the way I've, I've approached it, I've always felt like I was on a different lap than a lot of other people. Like I was seeing movies that you know we have a very large social circle of, of of people who go to TIFF and come from out of town to go to TIFF and whatever, and I would be going to see a movie like a Swedish movie from a few years ago called Phoenix that I don't think. Anybody else in our in our group saw, um, even you know, seeing Chloe Shaw's kind of breakout film, The Rider. Uh, one person in our whole group saw that at TIFF. Um, so I've always felt like I'm on a, on a different lap. This year it was it was even stranger because a lot of people I know were seeing a lot of the movies that I had circled, a la. Pati Mama and Power of the Dog and to Ten and all that kind of jazz. But again, I felt like they were all on different laps because some were going in person and some were seeing press and some were seeing industry and whatever. So it was it was strange in that it was like it was like we were all divided by windows. Like I could see everybody and we were in the kind of in the same sort of region, but I, I couldn't like there were, the connection was missing. Especially now that I've I've moved into the area like geographically where Tiff normally happens, so like going for coffee in the morning at a spot that I would normally grab coffee if I was going to Tiff was strange. Not to like see the hustle and bustle around me. My only screening of the whole thing was uh, to ten at the Cinesphere. Um, oh, so you did manage to. I did manage. Uh, yeah, yeah cool. I did manage to score a to score a ticket. Um, the the theater felt actually a little bit more full than I thought it was going to be. Uh, so when I got there, I was like, oh, this is teeny bit less social distance than i thought it was going to be um and i mean you know just on top of it the fact that like sinosphere if people don't know the, the geography of toronto it's really off on its own um i ended up going with a, a friend from out of town um allison from um from los angeles was here and just kind of like hey i know you why don't i why don't we go to Titan together and, and it was like our first time meeting and like driving to ontario place all together and we met friend of the show, Kirk Happyard was there as well. So in that one little moment, I got, I kind of like squinted and tilted my head and things appeared normal, you know, <laughs> an out of towner that I'm talking to and an old friend that I'm talking to. And we're like sitting in reasonably close proximity, but at, at the same time, it was just like drastically different. And I, I mean, you know, that, that could have been the brand for Tiff the last two years, drastically different, drastically different.
1: Yeah. It, it's, it's been a while since I had the full experience because my 2019 was somewhat interrupted as well. So I'm, Looking forward to doing a little bit more of a normal experience, and even just that final evening where many of us in, in Toronto and, and usually the, some of the folks from out of town as well get together at the Queen and Beaver. Yeah, no kidding. I really, really miss kind of that. And uh, hey, shout out to Kurt, man. Haven't seen that dude in a while myself.
0: <laughs> he was doing it all in person, like he he was he, he was going full bore at it. As, He's a crazy man. He is, yeah, but, uh, but that's why we love him. Um, But there we go. That is um, our audio postcard, Wicked Little Town, uh, the only one. If you are listening to this the day it drops, Sunday, September 19th, you can still get in on a little bit of TIFF action. Um, There's the People's Choice um, free screening is happening today, so you can get in on that. Um, There's the digital component and in person as well. There's a few more screenings happening around town today. So go to TIFF.net. The matinee cast proper uh, will start a new season on October 3rd. Still not sure exactly what movie we're going to be talking about, but watch your feeds for a new episode and find out what movie we're going to be talking about on episode 269 um, in two weeks. Hillary's writing can be found at uh, Live for Film. There will be links in the show notes of all the films she's mentioned and just her byline so that you can uh, follow. Um, Hillary. if you wanted to point people towards one of your pieces, was there one of them that you were like especially proud of?
2: Uh, actually you know what it's funny because there's one the piece that i wrote on scarborough my okay. best friend who ever actually reads my stuff actually came back and said that was her favorite of anything i'd ever written
0: fantastic so. well uh, then yeah then you will definitely see the link for scarborough and all
2: so of the belfast won the people's choice award so go. you should have not taken the bet that i was gonna make you. Uh,
0: <laughs> there we are there we are bob doesn't write these days so if you pass him on the street in midtown toronto just accost him and ask his opinion He'll tell you at great length.
1: I, I will. I've gone kind of dormant on the old social media thing, but at uh, the logical mind is still my Twitter handle. I hopefully will get back out there at some point. Okay. And by the way, good luck in editing this thing down
0: to 20 minutes. No, that <laughs> is not happening. Hillary, if people want yeah. to follow you on Twitter, where can they find you?
2: Yep. I'm at pet.hill. Very good. Um, still wearing many hats.
0: Yes, you are. This is thematinee.ca for more audio content. You can find back episodes by going to thematinee.ca slash podcasting. You can also find them in all of the usual places. Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher Radio, Pocket Cast, you name it, it's there. If it's not there, give me a yell and I'll put it there. It's pretty easy. Um, let me know what your your tiff was like. Um, email ryan at thematinee.ca on Twitter. I am matinee underscore CA. There's also Facebook, facebook.com slash darkmatinee. Any final thoughts guys before we uh, call it a festival for the year? Man, you're everywhere. You're everywhere. You're every social media platform, right? I got to build new platforms. That's 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 how in demand I am. I'm
2: tapped out. I'm too tired I, to have <laughs>
0: <That's>, <laughs> This is why I usually do these in the middle of the festival, not at the end. For Bob and Hillary, I'm Ryan. We'll see you at the matinee and at TIFF. And if you've
1: got no other choice
0: Follow my voice through the dark turns and noise of this wicked little town.